Welcome to Camden Cast. I'm Tanvi. And I'm Erin. And here we are, our Seventh Heaven podcast, Camden Cast. And we are doing Season 2, Episode 9 today. Yes. Um, the title of the episode is I Hate You. Uh, <laughs> after we had an I Love You previously in the season, I guess Seventh Heaven had to strike a balance. There is no alternative German title for this episode, and it might become evident why as we speak about the episode. But mm-hmm. So the IMDb user synopsis is, uh, Simon discovers friendly, generous old neighbor Charlotte Kerjees has concentration camp tattoo. Eric forbids Simon to ask her for help for a history assignment, but realizes his son is right after hearing classmate Larry's father spreads Holocaust denial. The Camdens are excited to meet Joanne, Matt's first girl since Heather dumped him. Considering her too perfect, jealous Lucy and Mary decoded flippantly to hate and ignore her. Joanne overhears them and dumps Matt over his lousy siblings, which stands even after apologies. So, that happens. All of it, for the most part, I think. I mean... I guess. I wonder, I want to know what, like, the human that is writing these user, like, did he watch these episodes years ago and is writing these summaries now? Are you assuming the person's gender? I, the, they, yeah. he, she, the human. Um, yeah, I don't know if this person kind of, like, pulled to me and was watching them all. Got, it was like, oh, they're all on Amazon Prime, I'm going to watch them all, and then, because the same person did all of the ones for season two, I haven't looked ahead to see if... They did it for season three as well. But. but it's always a hit or miss with what they actually get right about the episode and what they get blatantly wrong about also, the episode. I don't think in this one, I, I, I do like that they refer to the parents as Ma and Pa. <laughs> oh, in the, in the, in the summaries? <laughs> yeah, and, and in this one, I think, I, I, forget, I just read it, but I closed it out. But um, it said, like, you know, Dad or something. It didn't say Pa. Mm. So I was a little sad. So we have three main storylines in this episode. Uh, one that centers around, just like our IMD sum- IMDb sub- summary said, uh, Matt's new girl, Joanne. And his lousy siblings. Mary and Lucy. Uh, our next storyline is... Oh, they didn't even write anything about Ruthie in yeah, there. Ruthie's yeah, storyline with um, Annie. And finally, we have the storyline, which is Simon, the, the Rev, Rev. and Mrs. Kurgis. Yes. So let's start with the first one. Um, I think... Yeah, there's really we're, I know usually we do a cold uh, we do a summary of the cold open, but the cold open deals exclusively with Simon's storyline. So we're just going to get into the show. Um, so we get so for Matt Matt's storyline kind of begins where we gather that like it's after dinner or something, and um, Joanne, his new girl, um, is coming over for their third date. Yep. Um, and everybody wants to meet her or get a look at her and. Annie and the Rev kind of, like, tell all the other kids to go upstairs and not to bother Matt. And while Mary, Lucy, and Ruthie are upstairs, they are in Mary and Lucy's room, and they're trying to, like, devise a plot for how they can get down into the living, into the love den to stalk Matt and Joanne. Well, before we get this, we have the return of What Are We Doing? Oh, uh, yeah. We have a Ruthie doing a What Are We Doing, or saying What Are We Doing, um, when she walks into the love den as everybody's being forced to leave. Um, but yeah, back to it. Uh, Mary devises a plan in her room to for everybody to get a good look at Joanne, because um, this is the first girl that Matt's dated since Heather. Um, and we know that he has a pretty bad history of getting to a third date with a girl. Yeah. Um, which actually continues on this episode. Um, well, um, so oh, yeah. so the, the plan is Mary's like, 
why don't you go downstairs and say that you're looking for something um, and that then, like, we'll come down and say we're looking for you. So Ruthie's like, what should I look for? And they tell her Huey, who's her imaginary friend. So she sets off to look for Huey, and we see her, like, behind the couch that well, Matt and his date are... Oh. Before, like, we see her about... Uh, oh, oh, yeah. yes. Okay, there's a the yeah. very strange thing happened that has never happened before. First of all, Lucy is incredibly Im- uh, impressed by her older sister's, like, scheming brain, <laughs> yeah. which isn't really that impressive, but because of it, it, like... <laughs> they do... They do some sort of, like, weird secret sister handshake. And at one, as, which, at one point, they grab their, like, they lean over and they grab each other's legs. Yeah, so. and there's, like, random hitting of random body parts going on, and it lasts far too long for a handshake. It, I, it's definitely going to be go up somewhere. Is this, like, before or after the parent trap? I was saying, yeah, like, yes, exactly. like, was Brenda Hampton, like, watching the parent trap when she wrote this, and then she was like, Must include Mary this on the and show. Lu- Mary and Lucy should have a handshake. Um... So after this sister handshake, they go downstairs. Uh, Ruthie's looking for Huey, um, and then the girls come down, and uh, they see Joanne for the first time. Yeah, and I don't know. They're like, um, I forget what I was going to say. Oh, well, (laughs) Joanne. Oh, somehow it comes up. They're like, what are you doing here? And they're like, we're looking for Ruthie. And Ruthie's like, oh, they sent me down here. So she gives them all up right away, but... Um, then, I don't know, they're going to go, uh, Joanne is, like, invites them. Out for the, because, uh, they just, like, fixed up a Mustang, so come out and ride in the Mustang with us, and Matt's very much like, no, it'll just be us, and, um, she, I have nothing to say right now. Oh, well, actually, so, um, Mary and Lucy take this up as, like, the first slight against Joanne, because. I yeah, I have no idea. She was being perfectly nice. She was like, come for a ride in my car, and they're like. So when Matt and Joanne leave to go for the ride in the Mustang, and uh, Lucy and Mary are like, oh, can you believe it? She's just Miss Perfect with her perfect Mustang and her perfect, like, hair and face and, like... They just come up with... They just decide to hate her on the spot because she invited them to ride, to go for a ride in this car that she just fixed up, so... she was just being nice, like, trying to include Matt's family in, you know, trying to impress Matt's family as... The only person who should be angry is Matt. Yeah. (laughs) And they come up with these arbitrary reasons to dislike her, which continues on throughout the rest of the episode. Because I think the next scene we get with that is that they're pulling into this parking lot at school, and Joanne... Well, this was kind of... I was going to make fun of her for this. When they pull into the parking spot, like, it's next to Joanne's car, and she's like, Hey, Camdens! So. Again, she's like, she, um, also, this is one, we haven't had a fashion moment in a while, but, um, do you guys remember jelly sh- bags and jelly, sh- well, jelly shoes? Jelly shoes were the big ones. ones. But apparently jelly bags were kind of huge, uh, apparently, in Glen Oak, because uh, Joanne has, like, this bright pink jelly bag, which you can see through and see all the books and stuff in. Um, the girls kind of harp on her about, the, like, about her perfect teeth now. Uh, they're like, oh, she must have gotten, like, her teeth. Her and then they capped. mock, and then they mock her for saying, like, hey, Camdens. And she was right, she's, like, standing right behind them as they're, like, walking into school, and she hears them say that. So this is the first time that she kind of gets, like, she hears them talking about her, but she doesn't say anything, and she doesn't seem, like, too upset by it at this point. Well, we have, because um, she's like, oh, we, uh, they also say something like, oh, well, she must have perfect grades, too. And Matt overhears this, and Matt's like, well, actually, she does. She has a scholarship to Harvard. But we were like, why does television make it seem like it's so goddamn easy to get into these, like, Ivy League schools? It's like, yeah, Harvard, Yale, Princeton. I got into all three of them. 
That's how television works. I, I mean, I also think it's just like an easy to, to display. Like, it's like the kind of height of like displaying like someone's intelligence or something. Like, you could use like an upper level, like a better school, like a better school than most people go to, but, like, who's going to have heard of it or, like, know that it's a good school? Well, they're in like, California. They could have easily, easily said, like, Stanford. Yeah, well, well, is that any better than using Harvard? <laughs> but it would be more relevant. Yeah. I don't know. Well... I just have weird... Okay, I just have weird feelings ever since Rory Gilmore <laughs> made, it, made, <laughs> made me feel like I could also go to Harvard and Yale, and oh, clearly I can't. I'm sorry that that <laughs> happened to you. <laughs> I had dreams. <laughs> okay. Um, so, all right, she's smart, whatever, they're making fun of her, um, and then, um, the next thing is that... Matt invites Joanne over for dinner, um, and we have this weird thing, there's, like, a small scene between Annie and Matt where Annie's not cooking dinner, at, uh, or, like, is pseudo-not cooking dinner. Yeah, and- she, like, prepared it, but, but the Rev is, like, heating it up and kind of, she said, like, there's some sort of sauce, and she, or, like, a, su- a stew, and she's like, oh, don't worry, he didn't make it. He's just, like, watching it and stirring it for me. So, Well, we would clearly get the idea that Matt really wants to impress Joanne, and he really likes this girl. I think that's what the point of that scene was. So the girls are helping. Um, well, with- at first, they're, they're all sitting in the, in the love den, and they're just, like, staring at oh, Joanne. Yeah. Yeah, and it was are. weird. And then Annie's like, right. oh, we could all eat dinner faster if you girls, like, set the table or whatever. So they get up, and then they're kind of complaining about having to... Do anything. There's another handshake moment. Um, yeah. For some reason, they they do it again, even though we've never seen this handshake before in the history of 7th Heaven. But it's while they're making fun of Joanne, and they're like, oh, she's probably had a, a boob, boob job, job. Yeah. and her teeth are probably all veneers because nobody has teeth that are that white. Or, mm-hmm. or like, at minimum, she bleaches them, blah, blah, blah. Mean things for no reason. Yeah, and that she's a phony, and it's, like, hiding all of, like, her... The insides and stuff, her inside and stuff, and yeah. like, uh, but obviously, as so Joanne is, walks in, of yeah, course, every TV trope, she walks in and hears all of this, and you see that her feelings have been hurt. And at this point, I um, compared Mary and Lucy to like evil stepsisters. They have absolutely no reason to be being this mean to this chick. Yeah, they just decided for no reason to be like I don't know if they feel justified because she invited them to go for a ride in the Mustang, and then they were like, "Oh, we hate her now." Um, also, Mary really needs to get back to basketball because she's clearly been spending way too much time around Lucy, and she has been being the worst. Uh, yeah, you mentioned in the last, like, this episode and the last episode, they've all they've been doing is lurking in the background yeah. and making, like, snide remarks and really pissing me off. They, like, were being pretty horrible to their mother in the last episode about how she wanted to, how she's, like, being a mom isn't a real job, and now they're being horrible to Joanne for absolutely no for, reason. For no reason at all. Like, uh, so, anyway. Um, it continues with Joanne finally having enough of, of everything with the Camdens and deciding that she's breaking up with Matt because of, because Matt's sisters hate her. Um, <laughs> which I think which, is kind of a weird thing Yeah, do. like... Don't do that. Don't take that out on the poor guy. Matt doesn't even know what's going on. Right. This is the first, like, I mean, Matt obviously heard them when they were like, oh, I bet she's, like, smart, too. But I don't think he knows, like, that, I don't know. He, he doesn't, didn't really know that, like, Mary and Lucy hate this girl, apparently. Um, so our next scene in the storyline is Matt going up to Mary and Lucy's room and being like, hey, what do you guys know anything about Joanne? 
um, like you hating Joanne? <laughs> and they're like, like no. no, of course not. And he's like, oh, well, I figured. Like, I don't... Uh, I don't know where she got that idea. Like, and they then, like, kind of make a face at each other and, like, well, it's probably for the best that you guys broke up. And then he, finally, he like, finally realizes that something's up. He's like, I knew it. What did you guys do? And, he, like, they come clean, I guess, about being horrible to her. And then they kind of reflect, and you said this, you're like, the message seems to be that it's like, oh, we'll always have a reason to hate people. Yes. Like, it's okay to hate people, but you need to have a valid reason because they start thinking like, back. Why? And they're like, why didn't we like her? And they're like, oh, we don't have, we a... have no idea. So as long as you have a reason to hate someone, you can continue hating them. Um, which is, yeah, exactly what I got out of this. Um, then we have Matt like seeking out his father because he wants the girls to get yelled at. Uh, but he only finds Annie, and he's like, well, this is what happened. And he's like, don't worry, I'll yell at them for you. But then she doesn't, um, because <laughs> the girls come down and apologize to and, yeah, to and Matt, which which is fine, but they should really be apologizing to the person that they're talking shit about, and which is Joanne. And in, well, yeah, and then in traditional, like, Seventh Heaven form, Annie's like, doesn't yell at them. She's like, you just need to apologize to Joanne. And they say something about calling her or something, and she's like, no, to to her face. So uh, the next to, scene we get is there at school. We have the return of the pink um, jelly bag, but then we also There's have... There's also a wild 90s fashion moment, yeah. I don't I, even know how to I describe how to, this. She's got, like, a pink ascot on. With, like, flowers on it, and then she's wearing, like, a pink floral top also. Yeah. And, it, and it's... The complete outfit is... It's so like, it was, like, very clueless. Yeah, like kind of like clueless. It could yeah. be, like, legally blonde. Yeah, either, yeah, yeah. It could go, fall into either one of those. It's kind of ridiculous. Um, they do... Um, they try to apologize to her, but she doesn't really accept it. Um, yeah, which, she's like, oh, well, I'm still broken up with... Me. Like, uh, this doesn't change anything. And, um, which, I mean, I could go either way. I think if, like, Mary and Lucy were mean to me, I'd also hold it against them. But I don't know if I'd hold it against Matt, too. But yeah, I... But she was like, I'll never be comfortable around your family again, so I can't, I have to, like, stay broken up with Matt, so... And we get another handshake, but this time, instead of doing, like, <laughs> instead of, like, completing it all the way, they, like, knock each other on the head, because yeah. apparently, like, oh no, we fucked up. Um, the thing is, though, this story doesn't really get resolved, and it probably won't be ever brought up again, but, like, because Matt's like, well, yeah, you apologize, but you fucked, you fucked it up for me more so than you did for anybody else, and then he, like, kind of storms away, and then that's the end of it. We don't hear anything yes. else about this. So maybe this is the end of Matt being nice to his sisters. And we'll <laughs> never have them talking to each other ever again. I wish. <laughs> that would be... Well, I don't know. There, all right. So that's really that. It, it kind of, like, ends on a very mellow note. It, it, and that but I guess nothing this, really happens. I guess this is the first theme of, like, hate in the episode, where, like, hating somebody for no reason or just, you know, general hate can hurt those around you and hurt the people that you're hating. Hate hurts. Hate hurts. Um, then we have uh, the storyline, which is strictly about Ruthie and Annie. Um, it starts out with Simon finding out that Ruthie has drawn a mural all over her bedroom wall. Or as I believe she says, a mule. Yeah, I a mule. That's... Um, Annie f- finds out, I don't know if, it, like, Simon tells her she, like, sees it, but um, she gets, like, Ruthie gets in trouble. Yeah, and Annie's just like, oh, you're going to help me clean clean this up. Like, that's the, um, like, her punishment is that she has to help Annie clean the walls. And she says that she can't have, like, 
crayons or markers or like paste or cutting scissors, scissors for like for like a week and Ruthie goes I hate you <laughs> <laughs> Not like that, though. That was weird. Oh, I guess it was, that was like... Very, that was very creepy. She's like, I hate you. Like, like a child. Not like a... <laughs> don't say it again. Okay. That was, that was strange. Uh, so... And it really... It hits Annie. She's like you crying. Just, we have a good, like, 15 seconds of, like, facial Olympics well, like, going on. <laughs> yeah, because Annie, like, leaves... Because they're in Ruthie's room when this happens... She leaves and she closes the door and she very slowly walks away and then she runs into the rev who can see that she's clearly disturbed. Well, her reds, her reds really knows. Her nose is really red because because she's clearly like she's cr- like crying. crying. Yeah. yeah, it's like oh, Ruthie just told me that she hated me, um, but let me deal with it in my own way, which I don't really understand what her own way is. I don't understand this story at all. Well, the rev says that he's gonna um, like talk to her, and I don't know. Annie's like doesn't want to. I don't know. She doesn't want to let on that it, bo- it bothered her. I don't understand why she was doing this. But it could have, so, yeah, but she decides that what she's going to use her own tactics to, like, get Ruthie to realize that she, like, saying that I hate you was wrong. But it doesn't really work, as we see with the rest of the storyline. Um, so Ruthie's still upset about having to wash the wall. It doesn't get done in one day. And she is complaining about how usually after school she gets milk, milk and cookies or she gets she to, play, to play. But instead she has to, you know, continuously wash. And she says, oh, Annie goes, I think we should spend, I think this is, this is good. We should be spending a little more time together. And Ruthie responds. I think we need to spend more time apart. Yeah. So Annie leaves her there to clean the wall alone. So when your sass backfires. Um, she um, has a conversation, I think, with Simon about how her mom is overreacting. Refers to her mother as the step evil stepmother from Cinderella. Which is in line with the way her daughters behave, so... It's probably a genetics thing. Yeah. Um, and she tells Simon that she hates mommy. Um, and Simon's like, you don't actually mean that. And Ruthie... No, Ruthie means it. Yeah, she's, she knows what she's saying. So then, um, I forget who Annie's talking with when... Is it Matt? Or is it the Rev? I thought it was... I think it was Matt. You're right. Or maybe it was... Yeah. Simon? I, I don't know. Well, at a certain point... She's talking to one of the male she's, members she's, of the camp. She's in the kitchen with a man, and uh, the, he, the, like, who Annie is just talking about how, like, how much it hurt her. Oh, you know what? It's after they yell at Mary and Lucy. Oh, it, yeah, it's Mary. Matt. Yeah. So they, after they tell Mary and Lucy, like, oh, your, your words mean things or whatever. You can't just, like, say that you hate things about people because it, it has, like, an impact. Um, I guess Mary and Lucy leave, and then... Uh, Annie's kind of like, oh, well, oh, Matt, I feel your pain because, like, Ruthie told me that she hates me um, and it really hurt me and blah, blah, blah. And But Ruthie is at the top of the stairs that she's, like, in her spot where she stands and eavesdrops on everyone. In her Tweety Bird uh, slippers. And she's sitting there listening to the whole thing. Because so, I don't think she realized, like, I think we we're supposed to get the idea she didn't realize how upset Annie was which is, about it. Which is kind of confusing because in a scene prior with her and Annie, um, Annie was telling her how upset she was that, you know, you said you hated me and that really hurt me. And she was giving Ruthie the chance to say, like, I don't or I didn't mean it, but Ruthie just keeps her mouth shut. Yeah. And um, so, like, 
I feel like Annie said the same thing that she was saying in the scene before to to Ruthie, but then she said it again this time to Matt, and just because Ruthie overheard it, now it changed her mind. <laughs> well, I don't know, but she specifically said like I don't I don't think Annie never came out to Ruthie and said like oh that hurt my feelings that and it's been bothering me. She no, just, she did. Oh, all right. Well, I, well, I don't know. Well, that. something changed, but the next so, morning, uh, I, Ruthie comes down. And is returning the, like, bucket and the water and the sponge. Well, not the water, I guess, just the bucket <laughs> and the sponge. Uh, and saying, I've been awake since as soon as... I got up as soon as my eyes opened. Which I thought, yeah, it's a little redundant. Well, of course you got up as soon as your eyes opened. That's what waking up means. Yes. But um, apparently... I think it's, maybe it's supposed to be cute. Uh, it wasn't We cute. just don't get it. She uh, spent the morning fixing the wall, and now it's all clean, and she tells her mother that she loves her. Yes, and then she apologizes, and Annie's like, oh. Then she kind of just says the same thing that she said to Mary and Lucy about, you know, you can't just say things like that flippantly because people, words words mean things is basically the gist of it. Like, oh, don't throw words like that around because you're going to hurt people's feelings, and Annie's like, I'm still not fully recovered. And I actually appreciate that, like, that it wasn't as easy as, okay, Ruthie, you apologize, and everything's water under the bridge. Water is under the bridge, but, like, there are still side effects from whatever Ruthie said to Annie that, like, still hurt her. And I think that's, like, a good lesson to take, that, like, just apologizing doesn't really take away everything that happened. You, you loved this episode. I really All did around. like this episode. Um... So, oh, we didn't do first impressions. Oops. Oh. Well, my first impression of this episode is that I really liked it. I thought it was done very tastefully. All right, so get it. <laughs> and that Mary needs to stay away from Lucy. These are all original thoughts I had and are not taken from this conversation that we've been having for the last however many minutes. Well, you also did say, I mean... All of these things you, beforehand. You did say the thing, well, I think we discussed, like, that Mary and Lucy need to have some... They need to spend some time apart. But um, you, you just, during the episode, you're like, oh, this was well done. So you, that was an original thought, I guess. I mean, you're probably not the first person who's had that thought about this episode, though. So not that original. Yeah. Well, um, we did read the... You did, yeah, you used... We read user reviews as and well. And everybody loved this episode. So, um... Okay. Final storyline. So, main storyline. Is Simon. Um, so we'll start in the cold, cold open. Yeah, the cold open starts with Simon. Um, that's what usually reminds me to ask you the first impressions, though, when you say the cold open. Oh, I think that's okay. why we skipped it. Um, so it's it, Simon's asking the Rev wh- where he was or what he was doing when JFK was shot. And the Rev was like, I was at the dentist getting my teeth cleaned because I was a child. Like, And I have not, the same teeth I'd had yeah, before. Yeah, and for some reason he thinks it's like an achievement that he's had the same teeth since he was a child. Um, so Good job, Rev, for brushing, brushing your teeth. <laughs> oral hygiene is important. Um, so they're going in the car. The Rev is like, I just need to stop at Mrs. Kurgis's house Um Real quick, um, for he had to check in on her or something. I don't know. She like invited him over to ask him a favor, which could have easily done over the phone, but they needed to do it in person to get the storyline moving. Is what the point is. Well, that's like everything in this show. Everybody goes over to people. So Simon is like, I'm gonna stay in the car. Mrs. Kurgis always tries to give me. She gave me a ball of string last time I was at her house. Maybe he, she mistook Simon for a cat. And and he says, Oh, this is official church business. And the rev is like. No, this isn't church business because she doesn't go to our church. First hint. Um, <laughs> eh, because she's Jewish. Um, but 
I don't know. He was like, I'm doing a favor. Like, this is community business or something. Neighbor, neighbor business. Neighbor yeah. Business. Um, they go inside. We have a weird moment where the Rev rings the doorbell, but immediately starts knocking <laughs> as soon as that happens. Like, not giving this woman a chance to get to the door. Yeah. Um, they come inside. Uh, she, and Mrs. Kurjis actually has a good thing for Simon this time. She has the red lightning ring. She, yeah, what her, like... I heard, heard this. Her favorite cereal is frosted somethings, like a, a, a off-brand a, frosted flakes or a something. A red lightning ring. So she saved the box tops, and she has them for Simon to, like the favor that she needs to ask the rev is so like not even a part of. I, I remember what it is because the man who drives her in her friends' places apparently is sick or something. So she needs the rev to come and drive her somewhere. Whatever. This was obviously not what the storyline was about. But she goes to get, she's like, oh, where did I put those box tops? And then she's looking, and Simon is, like, following her. And then he, he, I think I enjoyed that you were able to predict how this was going to. So, obviously, the Amazon um, Prime, like, synopsis, synopsis says, uh, like, Simon befriends a Holocaust survivor. So you knew this was coming. But, you know, like, I feel like... Everything in this show is so deliberate. Yeah, but I feel like there was, like, there was a string... I feel like in every 90s television show, there was, like, that one episode that was about the Holocaust. And I feel like every episode had, like, that same reveal of, I'm reaching for something, and my sleeve goes all the way up, and all of a sudden you can see, you know, the numbers that I got when I was in the concentration camp, and that gives it away. So, so that's of course exactly that happens. what happens. And then, like... Simon doesn't even seems he doesn't know what it is at first, and this woman just starts like immediately. She's like, "You need to get out of my house now." Yeah, she's she, clearly, she's like freaks out. She's clearly like anxious about the fact that he's seen uh, the numbers that you know. She doesn't really want to talk about it, so she gets them to leave. Uh, it seems I thought the Rev knew her history or her story, but as soon as Simon's like, oh, um, it was like right after I saw those weird numbers on her um, arm that he realizes, oh. Well, yeah, he said like, oh, I always suspected that about Mrs. Kurjis, and I'm like, or Miss Kurjis, I don't know. And I was like, how do you, I guess maybe she's hinted or I don't know. I, um so then it's that's like that's the cold open and, and then it, it after the cold open they're in the revs off like home office and he's got like i guess like the world like an, uh, an encyclopedia out and they're he's like telling Simon about the holocaust because we kind of gather that Simon has no knowledge at all of it so and they're flipping through pages so the story like his um oral like history of the uh, of the holocaust is like included with uh real life pictures of um concentration camps and uh world war ii history and it's all like black and white and it's actually very po- po- i can't say this word poignant yeah, poignant i call i said it po- i said poignant po- yes. <laughs> the first time i said it but yeah that's exactly what it is it's a very good excellent explanation of what happened um of like hitler's germany how hitler came into power uh why he was able to control um, public opinion. opinion. Yeah. yeah, propaganda. Why the world didn't do anything for a while, and um, a very good explanation of how it wasn't just um, around like concentration camps weren't only for uh, Jewish people, but also for other people that were different. Yes, um, I thought it was very well done, and I like I'm giving that scene full props, and I have nothing else to. Yeah, say no, it was. That. It was. I was actually surprised that kind of how well done it was too so yeah um so this continues well 
The next day, Simon is in school. Yeah. Well, also, the Rev says, you are absolutely not to go ask Mrs. Kurjeet. Like, if she wanted to talk about it, she would. But she has never told any, like, I, you know, the Rev didn't even know. So he's like, since she hasn't ever told anyone, like, I don't want you going and kind of prying about it. Um, because I think that Simon suggests that he wants to talk to her for his history project, which is the what it kind of goes, goes back to... Asking the Rev why, where he was when JFK was shot because he needs to interview, like, uh, someone who lived through some sort of history about, like, their recollection of it at the time. So he kind of says, like, he wants to ask her, and the Rev is like, no. So then we have Simon in school, and the teacher is asking... Um, wait, okay, wait. This scene was, was weird. weird because... We've seen overenthusiastic children before when we when we had that rev flashback during Halloween, <laughs> but everybody. So this teacher's walking like back and forth in the front of the classroom, and, and everybody has and, their hand up, and, and it's like, like pick me, pick me, and pick they're me. doing the thing that like you hated with like when you're like when children like that were sitting next to you in middle school did, they're, where like, they're leaning like leaning over the side of the desk, and they're <laughs> like and they're like ooh 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 me me pick me, and like they're like bouncing their hands up and I'm reaching as if like that difference. like if they raise their hand higher they will somehow they, they'll get taller or something, so. so. They pick, pick some kid named David, I think. I don't Actually, I'm making up that name. Yeah, <laughs> they pick some other little boy who is not Simon, and that's really all who matters. Yeah. Well, and Larry, I guess. But um, And she's like, okay, what are you going to do your report on? And he says, I'm going to ask my parents where they were when JFK got shot. And all the kids are like, aww. And I'm like, really? So much more has happened since that. Like, you can't think of a single other thing to ask your parents. About, I guess because they're, like, 11 years old or something, 11, 12. So, um, and then the teacher's like, oh, how many of you were, like, were also thinking of doing that? And almost everyone raises their hand. And Simon isn't the only one that does. He raises his hand, and then he kind of puts it back down. And she's like, oh, Simon, you have something else? Which, how did she gather that from that, like, turn of events? And also, he wasn't the only one who didn't have his hand raised. So... <laughs> So Simon says, like, oh, I met someone who... My neighbor's, like, a Holocaust survivor. Yeah, basically. Like, she spent time in a concentration camp. So this one girl was like, oh, my grandmother was in a concentration camp, but I never got to meet... She, like, died when I was very young or, like, before I was born. I I never was able to hear her story. Yeah. And then this other kid goes, oh... Larry. This is Larry Larry. Larry goes, oh... My dad says that's a hoax. And, and then no one says, the teacher doesn't say anything. Everyone's just silent and, like, looks at this kid for a second. And, like, I would expect in that situation the teacher to be like, your father is wrong, and then continuing on to explain why, her, why the father is wrong. But it's then the teacher decides to use this as a teaching moment, which I think is not a right idea, but they had to do it to move along the plot, and says, well, Simon, if you're able to bring in uh, this Holocaust survivor... Bring your Holocaust survivor to school day. Then you get an automatic A. Um, and now, like, here's Simon's dilemma. So, um, like, the next part of Simon's story is trying to get... Um, I'm going to call her Miss K, because I do not want to butcher her last name. Kerjiz. Yes, well, I'm going to butcher well, it. Although, no the, the, the way they kept saying it... Uh, it like, was different every time it, yeah. you said it. Um, so he, like... On the pretense of walking happy, he, like, walks all the way to her house. Um, she, like, sees him coming through the window, and, like, she hides. And he, like, continuously knocks on her door and, like, if you want to talk, I'm available anytime, any day. 
but like she doesn't. <laughs> she looks out the window and then she doesn't know. Like I don't know. It, it's weird. I, I think the way that they made her act after Simon, like she just assumes that everything that like Simon says he's just coming to thank her for the box top. So like why doesn't she? That's a totally legitimate thing that like one of the Camdens would do. Like I could have called you, but I walked over here to I don't know. So. That happens. We have uh, a brief thing where, like, the parents are worried because nobody can find Simon. Uh, Simon obviously comes back home, and uh, his guilt is written all over his face because the Rev can read. He's like, but did you by chance go to Miss, Miss Kay's house? And he, like, fesses up. He's like, maybe I might have walked by. Um, and, like, then uh, we have... The next morning. Well, we have this brief scene where she is watching television. And it's the news, <laughs> and it is... It's I pretty don't, accurate. I yeah, think. no, it's, it is really accurate. I didn't really understand the point of it, just other than just to, like, repeat the fact that the world is horrible. Yeah, like, it's like... The two two of the stories are, like, people, like, you know, robberies, mur- like, mur- murders. like um, People getting shot. People getting shot. And then the last one is like, a, 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 yeah, like a bombing in in Israel, and the woman is just like shaking her head, and then she kind of covers her eyes and like put like lays her head back, and <laughs> that was it. I'm like, this so, is pretty much you know the same news that we have now. Yes. <laughs> uh, so. Yeah. Then it's like I think the next morning. Well, Simon's like since he's in trouble for having gone out, walked too far, or whatever. Um, the next morning, the Rev is, like, at the front door, and he's watching, and Simon comes in with Happy, and he's like, oh, I only went to the edge of the driveway or something, and the Rev's like, oh, I'm, I've been watching you. And then Simon is kind of talking about his dilemma again, about how he needs to get this report done, but he can't talk to Mrs. Kurgis, and, like, the Rev is like, no, absolutely not. I'm not going to let you, like, I don't know, put her in that position. And then Simon tells the Rev that... Larry and his father don't believe that the Holocaust happened. And then the Rev immediately is like, maybe this is a good idea. Which is actually exactly what I said before they had this conversation. I was like, the easiest thing for Simon to do is talk about the Holocaust on air because then the Rev is like, we need to do something. Yes. So um, they go over to... Well, he goes over. The Rev goes over by himself first. Yes. And he's like, he says some words and her reasoning for not talking to Simon is because he doesn't believe that some people... Um, She's like, oh, he's so sweet, he's so young, I don't want to, like, ruin him. And, like, some people's hearts just can't take that much. Like, the, the kind of story that I'm going to tell, it's just not, it's not good. Like, um, and then, I don't know, the Rev somehow convinces her. I I think they tell her about Larry or whatever, I don't know. But the next scene we really have is um, the Rev and Simon going into... Mrs. Kurgis' house, um, and... Well, no, it's them coming out. Oh, coming out, <laughs> yeah, coming out of the house. Everybody has tears running down their face. Uh, we gather that she's just told her story to Simon. They hug it out. Uh, she, He's really happy. Like, he's like, thank you so much for telling me this, like, or for sharing this with me. Yeah. Um, and it's a very moving moment. Um, and then we are finally at the time where it's report time. So it's Simon's turn. Um, Simon gets up, he, uh, Annie and the Rev are there, along with other, the parents of other children. Well, you just see Annie sitting there first, and then uh, Simon gets up and kind of gives, like, a, a, a brief background about, like, Mrs. Kurgis, and he's like, I have a neighbor, blah, blah, blah. And then the Rev walks, it, like, escorts Mrs. Kurgis in, and Simon says something like, 
oh, I'll take the F because, like, I can't tell the story. My, like, I can't do an oral report. She needs to tell her, t- tell her story, like, herself. herself yeah. And I was like, I don't know why he said that because the teacher said he would get an A if he brought her, like, if he could get her to come and speak to the class. So the last however many minutes of the episode is entirely devoted to um, Mrs. Kurgis telling her story about her experiences in World War II uh, with the Holocaust and in, um, co- in the concentration camp. We learn her name is Charlotte and that she spent time in Auschwitz. Um, the story is... Like that her whole family died. Yeah, and, and she was the only one yeah. that was left. And it was, um, I mean, horrifying as all of these stories are. And I cried. I teared up. I'll be honest. Um, so did a bunch of the users that uh, some of the so, so did a bunch of the viewers that watched this that left user reviews saying that it was a real tearjerker. Um, heart touching is what somebody called it. And um, some interesting facts about the story that was told. Um, one was that the actress that plays Mrs. Kurgis, her name is Rita Zoar, and is a Holocaust survivor herself. Um, second, the story that's told is actually a real-life story um, based off of a person named Elizabeth Mann, and they just created a fictional character to tell the story. Um, yes. And that's really it. The, 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 rest of the, the rest of the show is her telling her the story, and you have um, these, like... Everybody crying. Oh, and they... I guess we're supposed to gather that... Because Larry is there with his Holocaust-denying dad, and... Larry and his dad start crying, and I'm like, are we just supposed to think that this is it? This is how you change the... Mo-? Like, oh, people deny that it happened because they've never met a person who, who was in a concentration ta- camp? Because, again, I think that could have been done better, the resolution of kind of the way that... Because those people, I mean, I'm yeah. surprised that they weren't, like, harassing her during, you know, this story. Um, Usually people that, you know, are Holocaust deniers have, have a few other... I, I don't know. They're not people who are just going to be swayed by one person telling a story and they're going to cry and be like, oh, it did happen. But I think this was supposed to be a happy ending, so they tried to tie it up in a pretty bow. Um, There was like a moment where you see that Larry's dad is reaching out to Larry to kind of comfort him, and Larry kind of pushes him him away, which I think (laughs) is like, dude, you fucked up. Like, you, you told me this wasn't real and you were clearly wrong about it. And like... I'm holding this against you, which is how I'm going to read it. Okay. But, yeah, that's that's really the episode. Um, another interesting fact about this episode, David Gallagher, who plays Simon, has said that, th- had, that this is his favorite episode in the entire series. And this is only season two, episode nine, and we have about 11 There's seasons. A, like a million more episodes. So, like, yeah. Um, that's pretty much it. Yeah. Um, I'm going to rate it. Eventually. Uh, <laughs> I can read it now if you want. I'm going to give it a 5.5. 5, well, I'm giving it a 6. Which I think 5. is the highest that I've uh, rated before. Or this maybe one, not. I'm, I'm giving this a 6.5. I would have given it a full 7 if it wasn't for the fact that, that Mary and Lucy are terrible. Yeah. And, oh, and again, obviously the theme running through the entire thing was that, like, people don't, don't let, basically, the, the end of Mrs. Kurgis' story is like, oh, hate, st- like, Stop hate at the first sign of it. Like, don't let it get out of, you know, if enough people start to hate, like, bad things happen. Um, so I guess we're supposed to gather that, like, you know, even just even just the words, like, of saying, like, you hate people or whatever can get out of hand and I think like start wars. I think this episode could have been better titled, though. Yeah. Um, 
or 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 they could have know. done without maybe the Matt Lucy Mary storyline because um, I think it kind of I don't know it took away from like the message that they were giving in this episode. Yeah, that was a very like thinly held together piece of like the trying to tie it into the theme of like don't hate people, um, especially because that girl was like a stranger. Like, right, it wasn't I somebody... mean, not that I'm saying, like, oh, it's better to hate strangers, but, like, I don't, I don't know. We, we had no emotional, like, connection to the character that was being hurt by this. Yeah. Like, she shows up and she'll never show up again. Right. Just like this handshake will never show up again. <laughs> yes, this handshake is over, I think. I, I'm, I mean, I, I honestly, it felt like the first time I was seeing it. So, uh, that was that episode. This is that my highest rated, rated episode so far, and I think it will be for a while. Probably forever. You probably should have just given it a seven because this. Oh wait, there's some. I'm reserving my seven for some some of the ones that are not good episodes, but they're comical because they are bad. Uh, I also really like this because it wasn't about the Rev or Simon saving the day. Like Simon wasn't the one telling the story. He like made sure that it was Mrs. Kerjee's that like told her own story and had her own voice, which I think was really important. Yes, so it was well done. We can agree on that, um, I guess. So um, do all the social media stuff. Follow us on Twitter at CamdenCast Show. Like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash CamdenCast. There will be a video of the handshake on Twitter, at least, possibly Facebook. Potentially on Facebook. Um, Email us, CamdenCast (laughs) at gmail.com. Maybe give this episode a watch. Uh, let us know if it was as moving for you as it if, as it was for us or for me. <laughs> Aaron doesn't have any emotions. Yeah. Um, so, all right. Uh, I'm Aaron. I'm Tanby, and this was Camden Cast. We will see you on Wednesday. Smiling back at me.